0: You bring somebody on board and you really onboard them authentically hire an employee, a person that knows your company, that knows you, that knows what you want and onboard them one, two, three months.
1: Hello. And thank you for joining us today on the gentle art of crushing it show, where we focus on learning and sharing with our listeners. All there is to know about how to create success in our lives. This show stands on the shoulders of giants. Our mission is to empower and inspire our listeners to create the life of their dreams whilst having a blast in the process. Let's celebrate life together. Welcome to the show.
2: I'm your host for today, Sean Graham. And today I have on the show with me a very good friend of mine, Dr. Jordan Capper. Jordan is an ER doctor. He is also a self-storage investor, syndicator, developer. Um, Today we get into everything from, you know, going from being a doctor to a full-on commercial real estate investor and kind of the details and the fun of growing a team, building a team, uh, getting family involved, and then building remote teams and the power of hiring remote professionals, virtual assistants from all over the world in order to uh, just grow at a significant pace. Uh, I think you'll really like it. I think you'll get a ton of value from it, You know, whether you are an investor yourself, a property manager, um, or just an individual self-storage owner. Uh, take a listen to the show. If you like it, please subscribe and hit that like button. It means the world to us. That being said, we will go ahead and get started. Today I have with me a repeat guest, great friend of mine, Jordan Capper. Welcome to the show, Greetings.
0: Jordan. Hey, hey, how we doing, Sean? Good to be here, man. Um, pretty excited for this episode. I think we got we got a lot to talk about. The core of what I want to get into here. Uh, I mean we can just like take all the side uh you know side missions you want uh and talk about random stuff you know life in general politics philosophy the uh impending artificial intelligence apocalypse but really I wanted to get into building uh building teams and the importance of of kind of what I've realized in the past several months uh, you know, we're doing very, very well here at Lantern Light Capital, which is our uh, real estate, namely self-storage investing company. Uh, we just acquired a couple more facilities and we have a ground up development deal going on right now. Another one in the works and, and we're just doing really well. And I, I started to kind of see the team just just popping. I mean, everybody is really working together very well. And it gets into the company that you and i started uh, maven success which is a virtual assistant or remote employee staffing company um, and there's just a lot to go in there so um, yeah if we don't get too distracted by politics Absolutely, philosophy man. and ai then uh, we can stick to the topic
2: hey you know i don't mind talking about any of that stuff with you uh, <laughs> for sure so let's do this let's uh first why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, give them the background. You've been on the episode uh, on the podcast before, but yeah. for those of us who do not know you, who is Dr. Jordan Capper?
0: Yeah. So I'm a emergency medicine doctor. That's, that's my training. I have a little bit of business background in like college, uh, but not a lot. So, you know, you do that standard medicine pathway, right? You go, you do a pre-med, you do med school for four years, you do residency, you know, it's a long time, right? It's like 11 years of training. And then boom, you're out there and you're working. And what I found is that it's, very common, especially within emergency medicine, which is what I do for these docs to pick up other aspects of business. And I did the standard, what I like to call kind of the standard route of uh, a house hack, single family, multi-family, oh, disregard my blue fingers, I was uh, (laughs) painting a uh, self-storage signage on a new facility, Got to do a little boots on the ground. So uh, I did the standard, single family, multifamily, and then Sean and I, you, kind of went and Said, hey, what is the best commercial asset class to get into? And we purposefully picked. I mean, I remember those conversations, right? Where we were looking at all these different things. Whether we want to do uh, larger multifamily apartments, we looked at uh, doing like trailer park kind of things, uh, even the residential assisted living. And due to the all of the historical factors, the kind of ease if you will god help me with saying that word it's not easy but uh the simplicity of self-storage compared to you know no toilets overflow and storage is kind of the little meme there right we chose self-storage right and since then i've built uh lantern light capital along with my two partners ben who's a fellow er doctor an absolute uh you know he has like he's like iron man he has genius level intellect the guy moves uh, like his brain moves three times the speed of a normal human um, and (laughs) just an amazing partner you you deploy Ben on something and it's like okay it's already done all right fine and then we actually recently just onboarded my cousin I was talking to you about this earlier Gabe um, who's a firefighter and just has the hustle of of 10 men Uh, the guy's absolutely amazing so you know kind of building this team and Building out the remote team as well, uh, a, a lot to go into there, and um, I'm just so proud of of all of our crew. I, I kind of hate the corporate BS speak, like "oh, we're a team, keep going." But but this is authentic. Like I see my crew growing, I see the team growing, yeah. and, and really working together, uh, and it's just something something
2: amazing. So, h- how many self-storage facilities do you have now?
0: We have six self-storage facilities.
2: Six. Wow. That is a lot. That is fantastic. And so you're doing, is it one of those is a ground-up development or you have multiple ground-up developments?
0: So one of the ground-up development deals is, uh, well, let's see, the concrete should be being poured either today or sometime within next week. You know how that goes. Uh, The other one is a land development deal. So that'll be a ground-up that we're looking to syndicate and raise money for. Uh, That's kind of a... A little special project that we're just getting under contract now. I'm super excited about it
2: awesome awesome and do you have that one so you have the land under contract or you already purchased the land and you're looking to the
0: the the contract has been going back and forth for the past so ben is also an amazing negotiator uh and he actually just loves it so he's been going back and forth uh, with the seller of the land and what we like to do is we call it a lantern light options contract and actually kind of stole the idea from a a friend and partner of mine vince he uh he's He had this deal under contract where, you know, the standard options contract, right? Where it's like, uh, you only have to close if you can build, right? Or if you're approved. But when it comes to these big development deals, it's it's often nice to have actual permits in hand. And that's what we really try to do uh, for some of the land deals. It's like, because the time from when you go to the city and you say, okay, this is approved for self storage, uh, and the time that you actually have permits in hand, like, truly shovel yeah. ready can be uh, i mean obviously can be more than a year but you know a year is a kind of normal time so we like to uh, for these options contracts these contracts that we get land development deals under have it so that we don't close and then oh now we have a year a year and a half two years whatever where we're still doing the rest of this permitting and wetland stuff and soil studies and you know mitigation if there's some wetland issues um stuff like that can really take a long time and then you have those associated holding costs which um you know can be very expensive
2: yep so where are these these yeah i know you have one in indiana development right and then yep uh,
0: pennsylvania yeah, Pennsylvania so we have facilities, Ohio. So Michigan. all of these, well, actually, uh, the Pennsylvania one is finally, if it goes through, going to be something close to home, which I've been waiting for for a long time. Uh, all of my facilities have been remote, remotely run: Arkansas, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, and now PA. Um, hopefully, PA. But you know, I never did any self-storage investing down the street or even within a three three hour drive which is kind of where you can still go there uh, during the day actually yep. right now i'm at my uncle's house i'm in ohio uh, that's why my fingers are blue we we're spray painting we just got uh, this set of <laughs> facilities two facilities and uh, it, it wasn't numbered well and so i i mentioned onboarding gabe my cousin and uh, it's just awesome to have the family involved too they say don't mix business and family i'm like what are you talking about, man? Um, I love having my family on board, and they see the whole picture. And it's just, I don't know, I love it. it, it the whole team is running very, very well. Um, all of our facilities have been managed by remote managers as well. And um, you know, these are the remote team that, that we've kind of initially discovered, if you will, you know, you and I, you could say, almost fell into this right remember when uh, i think you was it you that hired the first remote employee i honestly don't remember it was it was
2: me we hired uh hired tony so i think the first tony has been with me from the start um i as part of my partnership with you and with matt uh and with other self-storage facility i have with family my role was to come in i didn't have the capital right but i came in signed on the loan put the whole deal together got it going and then i'm doing the property management which is something that i'm still doing but through that we entered the virtual assistant world and onboarded tony and she's been she's been fantastic and with us from the start um and doing doing the remote management and i think that's kind of how we how we broke into that world
0: Yeah, I think that was kind of what got me over the hump too you know, like seeing you. And that was when I was making that transition from single family, multifamily, we had done that first storage deal. uh, And then seeing you manage the whole property. I mean, obviously, we were all you, Matt, and I were all pretty heavily involved in that. But you really digging into uh, the back end platform that we're using, and kind of getting that team up and running was what inspired me to do the exact same thing. uh, At Lantern Light capital at myself storage investing company. And um, and it's, it's interesting, right? Like just, uh, just the other day, I, we all communicate through WhatsApp. So the the structure is that every single facility of mine has a uh, has the dedicated manager. So you have, you know, say you have five facilities, right? So each one gets yeah. a remote manager that really takes adoption of that facility. Uh, they know the boots on the ground guy, they literally text them back and forth. Um, so you have somebody, uh, we use folks from Egypt and the Philippines, you have somebody that knows that facility, I always go because I, I like to see my facilities, I always go take video do a bunch of pictures and get them a feel for the actual location of that facility, obviously, Google Maps and all this. So they know that facility, then they're communicating one on one through text with the boots on the ma- uh, boots on the ground manager. So they have their, you know, their cell phone. Uh, and if there's an issue, a leak and overlock, you know, I mean, God knows, there's more than just that that goes on. There's like a wasp nest in the uh, key code entry thing. Uh, this the manager takes care of that, right? They, they communicate yeah. back and forth with the boots on the ground guy, and they're kind of buddies too. Uh, so we have that model where each facility gets a manager. Um, this this set of facilities are very close. So we're using one manager for two facilities, but whatever. Um, each facility gets a manager, then we have the higher level manager, who is uh, basically overseeing all of them. And that's uh, our guy's name is Arist. He's been with us from the very beginning as well. And so he knows he ends up getting to know and onboard all those other managers. And he doesn't know every tiny, tiny little detail. Like he, he doesn't have the personal relationship with every single boots on the ground guy. Like the facility managers do but he he knows those facilities he can easily step in and if one of our guys was out for the day or whatever wants to take a a little vacation he can step in and run that facility easy peasy Um, and then if that facility manager has a problem they escalate it up interact with our I hate the term but our regional manager it sounds so corporate um but whatever that's that's what we came up with interact with our regional manager and then they can uh, you know kind of come up with with a solution there of course if it's some huge thing they bring it all the way up the the food chain to me um and then that's also how our call center is structured uh which we actually just deployed so um you know we have multiple different roles um, within our company that we've we've grown. And I I guess it kind of happened very organically. And uh, I I maybe didn't I wasn't fully aware of what we were building as we were doing this. But like, I I look back and I mean, our WhatsApp chat is just always blowing up. We have WhatsApp chats, uh, groups, because it's very popular, Uh, WhatsApp is a very popular communication platform akin to uh, Slack or Teams or whatever. Uh, Our WhatsApp chats are just blowing up all the time. I always feel like I'm kind of missing something, but then I scroll back through the chats and I'm like, oh, it's just you guys working and solving problems together. And I'm like, damn, all right. All right. (laughs) I love it.
2: So uh, tell me a little bit more about like what these guys do, right? So you, you have... You said five or six facilities uh maybe the six yep. ones are ground up but you yep. have a manager at each one how yep. involved are you in the management compared to what they are able to take care of like is it kind of the 80 20 if they're taking care of 80% of the stuff you get involved in about 20% comes back to you or is mm-hmm. it even is it better or worse than that i'd say
0: 20% of the higher level uh, not even higher level 20% of the decision making i'm involved in but definitely not 20 percent of the actual work no way um you know these facilities do well they don't require a lot of work those are the guys we buy we buy the facilities from the guys that just abandon them and just hope the check comes into their like mailbox right um but if done properly these facilities require real work um and so that day to day of answering phones dealing with tenant issues uh, the one of our little policies or procedures whatever you want to call it is that every time a new tenant moves in our boots on the ground or sorry our uh, manager calls that person um and welcomes them to the facility right because it's all online and then they call them if there's any issues like our one facility kept having this issue we dug into it it was really tough to solve it was a silly little thing um i think it was the way the numbers were put on the door you could get confused as to which door was yours because we actually had it kind of on the side um of the wall instead of right on the the uh, unit door and so i think some of the Some of the folks were getting confused as to which door. And so we'd always have this mix-up. It happened a bunch of different times. It's like, oh, somebody's already in my unit. And so what we did while we were waiting to paint paint the numbers on the front of the door, uh, I said, you know what? Just call every single customer. The second they move in, make sure they know the gate code. Make sure they know your email, your phone number, so they can text or call you and tell them to save it. Right, so all commun all, so the customer has direct communication I- with text too to our manager, that. and then they told them the um, the door issue, right? So that was like it's not a hard uh, stop in medicine. We have like a term called a hard stop, um, but it doesn't like force them to pick the right door. Yeah. Uh, the only way to do that would be like fully. Um, uh, fully electronic door systems, which we don't have at all of our facilities. Um, but it solved that issue to the vast degree. And then, of course, our boots on the ground guy eventually came out and put new numbering on those doors. But that stuck, that system. So now, all of our facilities, uh, the customers, when they first book online, right, because there's a lot of online booking, they get a call, hey, welcome to the facility, you know, my name is Arist, or my name is Da, is one of our managers, uh, Dario." is her name, we call her Da. My name's Da, welcome to the facility, Um, we're glad to have you, blah, blah, blah. If you need anything, here's my number, here's my email. You know, that whole thing. And then the customer also feels like, oh, cool. Like, these guys are responsive. These guys, right. oh my God, this chat, this, during, the, I have my Apple Watch on, and I don't know if it's gonna like ruin the podcast. My This is the WhatsApp. It's all good. At some point, I might have to figure out, I like watching it. I gotta throw my Apple Watch, because I swear to God, it is like,
2: dude i can't do them i just i i i'm connected enough you know what i mean and it's it's i have to check in my phone enough and it's like i want to disconnect not reconnect you know but uh yeah i love
0: watching i love watching them well it's good in the er right
2: right? too like you have it on your 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 wrist in the er like if you're working it's like that's yeah. how you're able to like, you know, if somebody needs to get a hold of you, like there it is, yeah. right? You can't be like looking at your phone all the time. But I I think at least it seems like that in the hospitals a lot of doctors, a lot of nurses, they use they use the Apple Watch, and it's it's yeah. good. No,
0: I but I like watching. So it's like like I was saying, I I I see the the WhatsApp groups, I see the email, I see even text because we use text yeah. too. I see these going back and forth, and then I read through them, I'm like She's. I don't even need to be involved in this. You know, this is this really is my team working uh, and doing awesome, awesome things. Um, and, and my first, you know, the first role we ever filled um, was just uh, deal analysis, right? So within the self storage investing mm-hmm. realm, uh, deal analysis is huge, right? You can uh, operations is is very, very important. That's what I really. I'm very passionate about that. Um, yeah but finding good deals like if you find a good deal you can make it work and so if you are trying to be a self-storage investor the first problem you need to solve and that was one of the first problems we solved and continue to work on, right, we're always working on that, is deal analysis. And that's finding deals, cold calling for deals, analyzing the deals, and, you know, putting in offers and interacting um, with the sellers in in various degrees, uh, whether it's the first contact, whether right. it's just, you know, a cold call with them, or the continued back and forth with the seller. So there's a whole process there. there and that was the first thing that we uh, used a remote employee for. Um, from there then we started you know doing deals running the facilities that's when the facility manager role came into play and and now uh, we actually just deployed we're using uh, an awesome call center Uh, i gotta give like props to them moody management uh they do a really good job i love them Uh, but we ended up realizing that hey you know we have enough in-house crew to run our own call center um I was a little nervous about it for for a bit. I'm like, damn, I'm going to have to launch this whole thing. But uh, one of our virtual assistants, our remote employees, because I don't like to think of them as assistants, right? Like this is me growing the team. And don't let me downplay, oh, this is passive. These guys are just chatting on my WhatsApp groups and they're doing all the work. Like, no, we grew this team. Like, absolutely. We trained them. And we, you know, cultivate them, we empower them, they're not just doing little tasks, you know, these aren't just like, guys that are just banging out tasks. No, these are folks that are running the team. And so we actually just started our own internal call center. Um, with the help of one of our virtual assistants, because uh, he had significant experience in that. And um, it, it's it's going very well. You know, our time, to me, the biggest uh, things that matter with the call center, and I would encourage you, um, if you own a call center, you need to know, and I'm not like a super like high-end call center analytics type guy, but I know the basics is time to answer and dropped calls, so which are yeah. correlated, obviously. Like, If your folks are on hold for over 20 seconds, 30 seconds, your number of dropped calls, dead calls is going to go up exponentially. Um, So to me, that's a that's a never. Um, If if you're running a customer support thing, okay, you know, you call customer support, they put you on hold fine. But if you're running uh, in a to us, obviously, customer support matters a lot. And and it's the same call center for us. I'm just saying you look at other call centers, yes. Like, I get it why they have two, three-minute wait times, five minutes. I'm on hold with a damn credit card company, whatever. Um, but if you're running sales, inbound sales from your Google pay-per-click that you're paying good money for those clicks and those conversions, and your call guy's not answering the phone within 10 seconds, and you're letting calls drop, You're you're literally just wasting that hot, literally a hot lead. You're just throwing away. Um, And and so we realized that we could do this. And we actually, the way you set up, it depends on your call management software or your calling software. A lot of them have like uh, these, you ever see um, kind of workflow diagrams? It'll be like, oh, call comes in here, then it routes here, here. And it's one of those click to drag arrow things. Um, We ended up setting the the call center up in the same way that we're basically managing so that hierarchy of you know each facility has its own manager is the same as the way our calls are directed and then of course if that person's busy it can route to the next guy Uh, and those next guys i mean they're if you know how to manage one storage facility you can Easily take an inbound sales call because we're using the same technology on the back end. I mean, you might not be yep. best buddies with the uh the boots on the ground guy with the the Blake, which is our our OG uh Boots on the Ground guy. Shout out to my boy Blake, who uh is just opening a pool hall in one of our facilities, Tats Pool Hall, a little oaken version. <laughs> Go get him, Blake. He's badass. It's the most um,
2: unique form of advertising for a self-storage facility I've ever come oh, across. Dude.
0: Oh, I love it. People oh are God.
2: there playing pool. Yep. Is it alcohol allowed too? Are they, are they drinking?
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, beer.
2: Beer. Wow. So they have beer. They can, beer, they can like play pool. But then it's yeah. all these people. When they want to store stuff, it's like, hey, that's the one. It's That's a very unique draw. I like that. Yep.
0: Never heard of anybody um, else
2: doing anything like it.
0: No, it's cool. We uh, like. I like having alternative things in some of our facilities that are tertiary market facilities. It's like, let's build that place up, right? Yeah. Um, some folks, you know, they want to do like a little yard sale or whatever. It's like, okay, fine. Um, these are the smaller tertiary facilities. Uh, a food truck wants to park their truck out in front of my facility. Go ahead. You want to have a little festival or something? Go ahead. Like, those aren't my big. You know class a facilities those hopefully run on their own right they don't need to have these these other uh ancillary type draws but if you take a facility the the one yeah. i'm i'm getting at was um it was kind of dilap it was super dilapidated actually it was full of trash effectively zero occupancy um and we at we started to kind of pitch all these different things and now it's like a bustling little a little hive almost i'm like you go there and cars are just moving in and out of this place all
2: day. I'm like,
0: yeah, let's do it. Um, What's
2: occupancy now, and how long's it been?
0: Uh, only let's see. We've really launched six months ago. We're at thirty percent occupancy from zero. Amazing.
1: Amazing. Yeah, so we're
0: chugging away at that. Um. I still get those those text messages to my phone. And this is during this market, right? The market's softening with self-storage. Um obviously very resistant during downtimes, but like we're slowly chugging up. Like I'm clawing for every single customer, you know? I'll fight for him. Um but yeah, to to get back to the call center, you know, it's like we did our deal analysis guy, we then launched a managerial type role, a remote employee role there. And then, or now, I guess, we're launching our call center. And it's going very well. Um, We answer calls almost immediately every time, right? We're not grossly, and this is, I guess I'll just talk trash here. I mean, some of these big, big commercial call centers, I mean, they're a room with 500 people that are answering calls for God knows what. Definitely not self storage. Um, not only self storage, I should say. They're answering calls for some toy company that has product support. They're answering a call for se- your self storage facilities and twenty other ones. They're answering a call for, yeah. uh, you know, some other business that has nothing to do with, uh, you know, self storage extremely or, frustrating. Uh, yeah, and so that's you start talking to some of these owners that are very. Unhappy with their call centers, they are like, yeah, this guy's answering calls for completely other different companies. They're booking at a restaurant, um, yeah. fixing the batteries that didn't come in their uh, children's toy, and they're you know dealing with my storage facility. So they don't know they don't know anything about your facility. Um, and like I said, if if my call gets routed from my boots on the gr- or I keep saying boots on the ground, if my call gets routed from my manager to the one that manages a facility in the other state, well, one, these guys all know each other. They talk to each other. All my managers, um, they, they can handle it like it's nothing. I mean, on the off chance that they can't handle one thing, like, oh hey, the lady called for door fifteen that had a spring issue. What's uh, I don't know the situation for that. Let me take let me take the door lady's number. Like, oh,
2: do they, you okay. do you have a uh, like a ratio for the number of people right virtual yeah. employees yep. per net rentable square footage mm-hmm. so is it like that you got yet. one person yeah. can have about fifty thousand square feet handle
0: not yet um i think i'd have to you know that gets into um you can talk about queuing theory with the call centers uh there's an entire like mathematics behind that which i'm i've read about and like understand a little bit this is when you start to hit very significant scale um you can start to dig more into these metrics um i think and this gets into what you and i are doing with maven success with our virtual assistant staffing company this kind of gets into the speech that i give when customers are like oh well uh, how can we implement a remote employee and, and and you know the the big value pitch of of using these remote employees is they're typically anywhere from five to ten dollars an hour five to eight is a little more of a tighter range so and these are great you know wages in, in these countries where we're looking for folks uh egypt and the philippines um these are these are above average wages like higher than uh, an engineer higher than a doctor in many cases and it's like okay this this is great for them um, yeah. obviously the price point fits here too um and, and you know these aren't terribly low wages either. I mean, what's minimum wage here? Seven twenty-five, right? Um, but this whole conversation gets into how, how when I'm talking to business owners about what you and I do at Maven Success, it's like, what's the best way to like try a, a virtual assistant or a remote employee? And, and I think the best way to do it, you don't have to be super, super analytical from the beginning. I think doing the hands-on approach. Especially if you already have, uh, you talk to a lot of these companies, and they have their like their head of operations or the the sweet managerial lady that takes phone calls. That's actually kind of a you know kind of a nitty gritty lady too. You know, you all know who she is. She's nice on the phone, but then if you know things aren't going perfectly, she's like, ah, yeah. get it, you know, get it in line. Um, you take that lady and you have her onboard one or two of these remote employees and show them the ropes. Um, And it's really to me, training these remote teams is about training them about guiding them like any other employee. And, you know, and you'll hear about this with you read about this uh, in different podcasts and books on growing teams. And the way I like to think about it is, if this person is not doing their job properly. Sure, there are some, some folks that you hire that are not capable of doing a job, or they're in the wrong role, right? right. You put you put somebody who's an amazing sales and customer support, and you put them in an accounting role, it's like, what are you doing? Um, but it, that's that can happen. But a lot of times, if somebody is struggling in a role, it's, it's not that they can't do it. It's that you're not training them, right? It's on me. Right. Right. And on the rest of my team that I've trained. And so when we onboard somebody new, we've slowly built out a system uh, of loom videos, which is that little screen recording app where you have your little face talking in the corner. Um, We have onboarding procedures and there's that personal touch. Like an hour of one-on-one screen time with uh, getting uh, feedback, seeing how they're doing at their job, actually looking at their screen, screen sharing over Zoom uh, can be worth so much. It's like, oh my gosh, you were hung up on this little thing. Jeez, I can't believe nobody told you that. Like, I guess that's my fault. We should have told you that. And then they're doing 10 times better. You know, you do have to train these remote employees like you would anybody else would you just hire a, a random employee and say well oh, good luck off you go it's like no that's that's not a thing yeah. you'd put the time into it uh, that's why i'm always harping on that word virtual assistant like uh, you and i use that in our, our uh, content on the website for maven success um, because that's the number one search keyword right and it's like well we got to use virtual assistant but then we always try to spin it and again it's not just corporate you know uh speak bs like these are remote employees plain and simple
2: yep yep they are remote professionals remote employees they're just people really on the other side of the world um yep they are well educated oftentimes more educated than than i am right like i one guy working for me he has a a master's in engineering uh and it's, I mean, he's extremely smart, very bright guy, and I'm thrilled to have him on the team. And he's thrilled to be on my team, right? Because to him, it's steady work. It's a full-time job. He's getting paid very well for where he's at. Um, and it works for both of us, you know, because he's an engineer, but he doesn't have the connections to be uh, in the oil industry over in Egypt, right? So it's like, well, what is he going to do? He doesn't have a job and he's not able to break into that industry. So he comes and he works for me full time, which is amazing. Um, and he probably probably gets
0: paid double what he would get as an engineer over there.
2: Probably, probably. Yep. And he's, I don't remember his exact rate, but he's probably somewhere around the $7 an hour range, right? Um, so let me ask you this. You have there's so many mom and pop operators and uh I still I mean that as like small or individual operators, right? Not necessarily like old school, but you even like new new yeah. self-storage owners just in the past few years who've bought and purchased facilities, I should say. Um at the end of the day, we are here, right, to maximize, optimize our time from a work standpoint and from a personal life standpoint, right? It's like everybody wants to use, like, have their highest and best use of their time. And sometimes yeah. that's like just hanging out with your family and, you know, it's going, taking care of your health, it's getting exercise, whatever that is. And then you have that inside the business as well, right? You kind of always have the 80-20 where 20% of the time you spend is actually producing 80% of the value. And vice versa, right? Eighty percent of the time that you're spending is really only producing twenty percent of that value. So my question to you is: How would you advise people who are interested in hiring their own remote employee um, to really buy back their time and optimize the time that they do spend, right, in their business and in their personal life, to just maximize, optimize the value? of of their output
0: yeah i i mean i think this is this is a classic time conversation right um to me i i like what i do and and personally um obviously i love my family but like i wrote my family into into the business yeah, as well absolutely um you know we we grow uh, we're growing here at Lantern Light Capital. I mean, we're we're growing here, maybe even success too. Um, and, and my family and friends are all involved in that, so I love it. I have a ton of fun. My goal is not to just like make my life fully passive. Um, right. That that being said, my goal with these remote teams is to grow a damn good team. Uh, you know, build these self storage facilities, bring value to our investors, and, and really scale. Um, but you know, kind of what you're getting at. I mean, there are there is a significant, and I've talked to these investors. who so are like, no, I'm I'm pretty much done. Like my goal is to take my portfolio of storage facilities, or my company, or my like aesthetics company, or whatever. You know, my. Who's the guy that I just, oh, uh, he was a uh, construction uh, manager, he has this whole company, and he's getting to the point where it can be, um, can be automated, right, it's at that scale. Um, But there's still these kind of like little annoying things that he still needs to do. Um, I spoke with a uh, was he a real, uh, he was a realtor, but then he also managed a bunch of different multifamily units. And um, same kind of thing, right? He's happy where he was, but he really wanted to start like, okay, I'm Done doing all this little stuff myself. And what my advice is, and the way I kind of got into managing these teams and letting them work on their own was you bring somebody on board. And you really onboard them authentically. um I, to explore the virtual assistant type Market a little more. That conversation's a bit interesting. There's a lot of different models out there. Um, Some of the models are you give us tasks, right? So you have this big company, um, and they employ a hundred different remote employees, right? You give us a task and we do it. Well, that is that can be a decent model, and right, that's their whole pitch is like, oh yeah, free up your time and stuff like that. Um, But the thing I don't like about that model kind of similar to that call center type example, where you have a big call center, and they don't really know your company that well. I I mean, that's it. They just don't know your company that well, they're getting your like requests, and then they're having you having their team, which can be huge, do these little micro tasks, and there's a lot of room for error. So that's why, uh, you know, at Maven, we always say, these are remote employees, remote professionals, because sure, you want to hire one of those companies, go ahead, give it a shot. You know, you can just throw them tasks all day and maybe offload some stuff. But I think it's a lot better. Well, I know it's a lot better to hire an employee, a person that knows your company, that knows you that knows what you want, and onboard them one, two, three months. Um, You know, when we talk to folks that are interested in this at Maven, I mean, I'll tell them, like, no, just start with one guy. Don't you know, say it's even a call center, like we have a couple call centers as clients. And I'm like, okay, you know, you have a call center of 15 people, and you want to start uh, having maybe some of them quit, right? You want to have a couple of them be remote employees. It's like, okay, well, don't replace your whole staff to start with. Um, Start building those systems yeah and um understand what it's like to onboard a remote employee and there can be issues right like there can be subtle um cultural issues and how they interact on the phone it's like things like that but like understand that get better at that and before you know it you'll have this system and you can onboard these folks and then uh, your remote employees can start training each other and, and you become an expert at growing the team that's my authentic answer, not the not the oh free up your time, uh the you know, passive income. Like uh yeah, I don't
2: know. Well I think I'm we bad. both know we've come to realize, or at least I have, right? maybe you already re- always realized is that a lot of the growth or a lot of the personal growth and the personal joy is in the development. It's not in it's in the yeah. building. It's like it's fun, right? Now there's a point where it's yeah. like not fun when you can't like you know, you're you're just struggling to, to meet payroll or you're struggling to just you know pay your credit card bill, whatever that is, that's not really fun, but it's it's also yeah, like, sure it's fun getting to the point where you're just making tons of like passive income. Like that's fantastic. Yep. But the build from that zero to a hundred that is like where a lot of the joy comes from, um, and so I, I don't think either one of us, right? It's kind of in our in our DNA. Where sure, even in, no matter how big we get, we're always going to keep going because yeah. we have yep. that, that personal growth um, trait within yep. us. So that's a lot of a lot of uh, fun for us. And also, when I say optimize time, right, it's less about like okay, like how do I make everything fully automated, and it's more about how do I make sure that the time that the input that I have, the time that I put in is being optimized, meaning like it is truly the best use of my time? Yeah. So is the best use of your time coordinating with the boots on the ground, the maintenance guy about which units to overlock or not overlock? No, Um it's the not, best right use there. of my
0: time this weekend was the reason my fingers are blue is because I went out with my family and we bonded and we because, we spray yes. painted stenciled um, numbers on our covered storage units and yes. we could yeah. have hired somebody to do it but you know what we brought we brought the kids out there and we did it and uh, it was great I I, right. I, I have so not so, what's had the... so much fun <laughs> <laughs> like. It was great. And you know what? Stenciling is hard. You got it. They sell these stencils that are like, they're like this, you know, the stencil's six inches and then the, the area so you don't overspray with the paint is like one inch. I'm like, what the hell? So we had to build like, you know, a little cardboard cutouts, whatever. It was great. And you know what? That was the best use of my time bonding so with funny. my family exactly. and bringing yeah. them, them on board and talking about storage as we do, you know, that kind of little bit of manual labor. Like, I loved it. Um yeah. As opposed to being at home, grinding out a bunch of, like, calls and back-end managerial BS. Like, uh, I loved it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And there's clearly a difference. It's like, yes, you could have hired somebody, a maintenance person, to go do this and re, uh, redo all the numbers. You probably won't but... stencil again. But... <laughs> exactly. You didn't want to. It's not, it's not what it's what I not. had and so much fun. Yeah. It's, yeah. And you're teaching your kids. Uh, how old's Junior there? He's, what, like? He's, Four? he's five. He's five? five now. Okay, so he's five, yeah. and you have him out working on a self-storage facility. He loves uh, it, Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's so cool. It's amazing. He's
0: uh, a smart kiddo. He's legit. Yeah. I'm sure, man. Him. I'm Good sure. Boy. He's going
2: to uh he's gonna be doing his own offshore. You know, I gotta I gotta say later. one
0: more thing. It, me and you got okay, so you know how we have like different names for personas. You know, it's like, oh, we need another Blake, right? That's my shorthand for a really good yeah. cost-effective trustworthy boots on the ground guy. We need a name for the uh, remember I mentioned like oh that managerial lady at your company that is like kind of nice and sweet but she's also like ah kind of can can be a little bit of a stickler, right? And a lot of the companies we find have this like trusted lady oftentimes it's a lady you know it's like that penny? kind of secretarial yeah. role is that
2: what her name is in james bond penny
0: yeah it's like penny right something oh like wait that. that's not the lady that no the the one guy makes the devices yeah that's what's cute, his, right? uh, his
2: secretary's maybe, name is. Yeah, it's maybe something it is like
0: that. It, maybe it is penny whatever we need a penny you know like you need if you're going to hire a a remote employee you got to get Penny's buy-in you you and you know that lady in your company.
1: I think it's uh, she's the
0: secretary that does all the work and solves all these problems for you. And she's more uh, like ten times more than a secretary or ten times more than a manager, right? Miss, and she knows your company
2: Miss Money Penny. That's what it is.
0: Money penny. Yes. You need your money penny that really she's... knows the ins and outs and nitty-gritty. And you need to get buy-in from that person and you get her to work hand in hand with the virtual assistants. Um, And often we find that there's like a lot of synergy there. And there's even a little bit of love kind of right, because these remote professionals, you know, they have families, and the these, uh, this, these money penny rolls, they you know get to know the remote professional and get to care for them kind of like you know their their own little flock right yeah. and they're training them to be real employees at the company um but yeah i i just had to put that out there because that that goes to getting buy-in and really really training uh these employees to be future uh, employees of your absolutely. company.
2: absolutely so so tell me this tell me uh What are we doing at Maven Success? What is the business? And, uh, like, I guess differentiate between being an outsourcing company, right, or somebody or even, like, I think that's more of a staffing company and more of a headhunter company, which is what we are doing. And so the basic pitch,
0: yeah, 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 the pitch is very straightforward. You know, me and you kind of went over this, Um, you know, we help U.S.-based companies find cost-effective and highly vetted remote employees. So these employees typically are at 5 to $8 an hour range. Um, at Maven, we're Super trans. We we want to be like super transparent on pricing on everything. It's all on the website mavensuccess.com. We charge a one-time fee. We charge a thirty-five percent fee of their first year salary. Um, So if that employee um, is getting you know ten thousand dollars a year uh, equivalent based on their hourly rate, then we would charge thirty-five percent of that one-time fee. Done. You get your employee. They're yours um, to love and to cherish till death do you part or whatever you know um you get that employee you pay them you train them the whole thing um and then we built in some guarantees too right so we have a 60 day quality guarantee so like if you don't like this remote employee for any reason um then we will find you another one um because a lot of work goes into finding like we find top tier candidates i haven't even talked about the bad experiences that we've had um in this realm because this isn't all like Roses and what's the saying? Roses and butterflies. Is that a term? Anyways, this isn't an all uh, guns and roses here. Um, it can be it, it it can be bad if you get a a poor quality remote employee. It, it can be rough, right? And then you're like, oh, this guy's gonna be good. Let me keep training him, right? Then my whole speech about training them. You're like down that rabbit hole for two months, three months, and you're like, no, this guy just doesn't get it. They're not, you know, maybe they're new to business overall, they have actually no experience. And they just said they did on their, their resume. Um, so anyways, we do the 60 day quality guarantee. And if you don't uh, like your newest employee, then we'll find you another. And then we do a one year retention guarantee. So um, we don't think that these remote employees will leave within a year. But if they end up having a family issue, or they find another job that they want to take, which uh, I doubt it. Um, because again, we Coach our customers to this like w- there's synergy here like you're you're hiring a ro- remote employee treating them right, treating them like an employee, not just an assistant, and, and yep. you're paying them good wages um, based on you know the the average wage for that country and so like we want you to treat your newest employee right and do what's right by them, but if for whatever reason they end up leaving the job within a year you know, you paid this significant uh, one-time uh, fee, the headhunting fee, uh, we'll find you another remote employee um, if they leave within that first year. So, um, you know, pretty straightforward. Find you somebody awesome. We charge 35% of their first year salary. Average wages are from five to eight bucks an hour. We have a 60-day quality guarantee. We have a one-year retention guarantee. Um, and that's it. I mean, how we vet these guys on the back end, <laughs> that's a whole conversation. In yeah. Talk about
2: that. I, I would love to hear about that because I think you know, you've been focused more on that side of things. Um, yeah.
0: And well, we just had a really, uh, we, well, I will say at first I wasn't actually as focused on that as I thought we should be. Um, Because we had just onboarded Samar, who is our, she's like the sweet, kind of nice head of VA acquisitions. And then she gets in there and just like tears these people to shreds, you know, like, like, she knows whether they're good or not, whether they're BSing or not. And like, if you get past Samar, you know, she's, she's vetting and interviewing hundreds of candidates to place these folks. Um, And she knows she has the experience. That's I remember first asking her. I said, to what scale can you operate and how are you going to vet these people? She said, I, I got this. Like, I know, you know, we're going to have our the classic. They apply to their job and, yeah. you know, they go through the checklist. They send their resume. Like, of course, but there's more to it than that. Um, you need to make sure they're quality. And that's what Samar did. We're starting to implement though more systems and structure into that as we scale larger and larger. Um, but vetting these guys uh, oftentimes comes down to um, getting them. So you you get this large kind of funnel of of uh, applications, right? So you get hundreds and hundreds of applications. We sift through those. We try to throw out ones that are. Clearly not quality, but the the problem is you don't want to miss somebody that's really really good because there's guys out there that I mean you and I are like oh my god I can't believe we're 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 giving this guy away we should hire them internally right we just don't have a job for him I know that was our last group our last group was so good Um, anyways you don't want to miss one of those guys that just didn't look good on his resume so that's when the manual um kind of review comes into play um we're implementing a new testing system we'll see how that works i'm i'm excited about it um to where you know you've done this before at different jobs right you do like the personality testing the um the skill based testing yep. i think that can be very useful um but in the end it's all of those things a large amount of applications filtering them out putting them through testing um and then finally that really personal touch that our va acquisition team does and they're interviewing these guys extensively and interviewing multiple folks um to place one and, you yep. know they're interviewing i think the last time we looked the i think it's twenty. I, took,
2: I think they're interviewing yeah. they're going through 20 candidates for every it's single a, one yeah. they place so yep. it which leads me to the next question right is uh and i ha- i might have a different answer than you do for this but um for the people who are like okay that's great but why don't I just go hire somebody off of Upwork or go on Fiverr and hire this remote employee? What is your response to that?
0: Um, I think it just gets into that numbers game thing to me. Um you know there is significant and that gets into the the bad side right of hiring remote employees oh there this this cost per hour is so low oh my gosh um and then you end up getting somebody who really just doesn't have the skills or the critical thinking ability um or the experience yeah. to perform in the role you're putting them at and then then you end up kind of screwing around basically for two three four months and then you're like okay we just got to we got to yeah. cut this whole thing off. It's just not working. Um, this they don't know this role. Like, right. I'm not gonna hire Sean to be an ER doctor. I'm sorry. You know, you can yeah. be my, my <laughs> like, like, coach and like, give me like moral support there. Sure. You're good at that. Um, but yeah, and uh, I think that's the real downside. These platforms are flooded with 1000s uh, and 1000s of people. And so I mean, that's, again, uh, the model that we built at Maven is just, it's super transparent and super, I mean, it's really simple. You know, you if you want to go out and try to find your own um, remote employee, like, you can. It's not actual rocket science. Right. Um, but I would venture to say that nobody can find you uh, somebody better than we can. Um, and the downside of of you know, bringing on board somebody that isn't good is actually somewhat significant. You really yeah. got to take that into the calculus because again, that wasted time does become significant. Absolutely. And then there's even the, Oh, it's like, well, we tried this once, once and failed, you know, and then you just completely write off this entire resource right, right. that a lot of people are using. Right. And we know work is harder and hard. Good employees are harder and harder to find. Yeah. Um And well, I mean, that's what, what we're providing is damn good um, and, uh, and really cool employees that we love.
2: I, I want to add a couple other things in there. First of all, you know, it took me years to hire my first remote employee. So even though I knew I needed to hire a remote employee, right? I needed to hire somebody who could help me with property management because even before I was in self-storage, I had uh, r- rental properties. I had small multifamily rental properties. I still have them, um, and you know, I'm at work. I still have a W-2 job, and I'm getting these property maintenance issues and calls and texts. And you know, I've I've dealt with the stuff of like, okay, I didn't have the cleaner coordinated right uh, for the move out. Somebody's moving in the next day, and I've spent the entire night cleaning a unit that was filthy right and those are the things that kind of slip through the crack cracks that if you had a remote employee um, on your team then they have everything like the checklist the standard operating procedures they'll catch those things right as long as they are trained right and they're doing their job um, but it took me years to get over that hump and I don't know why but I think you know it, it's kind of it's a bit of a difficult thing to do so from that angle, uh, I would say, look, that's why part of the reason we built this is to help you kind of take that that initial step of opening your eyes to the world of remote professionals and how they can help you. And yeah. we're here to yeah, help you real work. get it done. I
0: mean, yeah, that's I always like to titrate the whole, you know, I don't like it to be a sales pitch. Right. Right. Um, and and that's, I mean, that's like also sales 101, right? That's what we train uh, our guys that we place as sales. Uh, well, I guess there's some companies where you just want that, like, ah you know, go get yeah. her, sell me this pen style, uh, guy, sure. Um, sometimes you got to sell a pen. But I think we, oftentimes, when it comes down to to business sales, or like higher, higher level yeah. sales, it, it's really just straight up consultation. I mean, that's it. Like, you you lay out the facts you try to understand if they're caught up on something um like oh well i'm worried like we had one guy uh, i remember we were talking to him and he's like oh I, i don't know and I couldn't figure out why he like, he seemed like to understand the whole thing. But he, he was worried about the time zones. And you know, our, our VA is just completely adjust to that. That's literally just psh, no big deal at all, right? Like, it's very common um, to work across different time zones, and they'll work a nine to five in yep. Eastern standard hours. And finally, I like realized like, that was the issue there. And then I told him that he said, Oh, okay, you know, fine. Like, now I get it. I was just so worried about that. It's like, oh, you know, but uh, that's that's not to say that onboarding a remote team is that easy and that's part of our like sales process too right at maven and i even try to um train our sales guys on that i'm like don't pitch our company never pitch our company never like you know, oh, we're, uh, sure, you can talk about Samar and how she vets the crap out of these people, and how she's kind of like, you know, strikes fear into their hearts. Um, all, although she's like, very nice and pleasant. She's still like, you know, like, look, get some, but don't pitch, right? Like, consult and, and that's, again, gets into the training and, and the the effort that we put into building our team. And I think if you put in that that bit of effort up front, and you get a feel for how this works. I mean, it, it, it's so valuable. And I, yeah. our whole company, Maven, is remote employee run, right? Yeah. It's me, you making higher level decisions, and then the entire team is all run by remote professionals, which yeah. uh, I, I think is like the best you know sales tactic in the entire world. Yeah. Um, because then then it's like. Oh, yeah, I guess by very definition, if I'm in on this sales call, then you know, this model can work, right? Like, yeah, I guess I see it. You know, I went through this whole sales funnel, got to the sales call, talked with the, you know, the consultation type person. Um, and uh, they were all remote uh, professionals. So yeah, I guess I, yeah, I guess a remote professional sales team can work, you know, yeah. and their customer support was good. And they email me back consistently. And I asked all these questions. And they hit me up on text and WhatsApp or whatever platform, uh, you know, I choose, right, that's part of our whole thing, too, that we structured is like, wherever the customer is communicating, we're communicating. Communicating. we're communicating yep. quickly um and it's like oh okay you know so the better i like to think the better we do at sales and support the better we do at sales and support right because it's like this like self-referential sure. i don't know maybe that's too common no it's just it's just, it's just, <laughs> uh, it's just your head.
2: But, no you're showing it through you're not rather what you're saying essentially is you're not sell trying to sell something by talking about something you are selling something by the action by showing it's proof of concept right like they want to hire somebody on the other side of the world like well i'm not sure if this is this will work or not but the entire time they are being consulted by people from the other side of the world so the proof is in the entire process itself Um, you
0: wanted to say pudding or no you were thinking about <laughs> saying putting that gets into like the conversation of like this podcast in itself, like a self-referential, like us talking about our companies and how badass we are. It's like I don't know that, that it it really gets to the authenticity thing. Um, I, I, like I even think about it with this podcast, right? It's like okay, if we get on this show and we bullshit and we like hawk our wares people see through that really friggin' quick man. Um, And that's kind of how I like to operate with all of our all of our businesses is like, and that's the best sales technique there is, right? Like true authenticity. And these people say, Okay, I get it. I see the whole thing. Like, does it work for my company or doesn't it? Um, And and that's how we somebody's here, dog is barking. And that's how we train our team. You know, I want to say
2: one other thing, too. You know, I've been down. So one, you absolutely can. You can go to Upwork and you can hire a remote employee and bring them on board. And that's how I got started. That's how we got started. And there's nothing wrong with that. One problem that I did run into and is that I ended up hiring people way beyond the actual value of of where they should be. Mm. And what I mean is like. Yeah i've hired a 12 dollar an hour employee put several months into that employee and had to fire that employee because it it was a five four five dollar an hour employee now part of that or part of that reason right is that upwork these systems they take a percentage of the fee the other part is that um people you know you can go on there and you, it's it's hard to actually vet somebody through there. I mean, you can go, you can do it on an individual basis and interview them, um, but you don't always know what you're getting. And I think on the flip side of that, right, people know that when you're going on there, there are people who will completely overpay because the economies of scale are very different in these different countries. So uh, I think that's one thing that we really try to focus on is matching. The correct like price points and values based on skill levels, based on experience, based on education, so that you're not paying a tw- like somebody twelve dollars an hour, and they really, uh, you know, you could get the exact same person, or even even possibly a better person for literally half that amount, like six dollars an yeah. hour. Um, yeah. and I just think that's a a really a really important thing to consider yeah. and to know I, I, and to learn th- the market.
0: This gets into the whole – it's popular in the digital marketing realm, which you know I love digital marketing. It gets – in, and this is just kind of bullshitting around me and you. But this gets into how when you interact with these digital marketers, how they price themselves is kind of interesting, right? Because it's like – well, I'm worth this much. Um, well, you know, are, are you worth that much? You know, and they, they'll push prices so, so high. And it's like, well, you know, there's this internal dialogue within that industry of uh, we deserve to get paid this much. But there's a lot of really crummy digital marketers out there. Um, that don't do a good job that are asking for very, very high monthly like retainer fees effectively I don't know I like to 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 talk about that industry a lot but but yeah it, it it's nice to have somebody priced properly, but that's the that's kind of the plight of the consumer in a way you know the business being the consumer of these third party type um type services whether it be digital marketing um or managerial or call center or whatever um you know they're pitching this product as if it's worth so so much but oftentimes what you get like my call center example before um you know it doesn't match up with what you're paying but, yeah yeah anyways man i gotta run here um, can I get to the part of the show where I just like, you know, give the shout out and just, uh, Absolutely. My
2: how can people get in touch with you if they want to reach out, if they want to learn more about self-storage or development or, uh, you know, the virtual assistant world, any of that, what's the, give me the, give me the contacts.
0: Absolutely. Well, you can, um, always check out our investing company, Lantern Light Capital at lanternlightcap.com dot com uh the phone number for us is on that website as well um which i'm looking up right now it goes to directly to me google voice 484-228-1242 if you're interested in self-storage investing absolutely please reach out that's uh lantern light cap dot com um 484-228-1242 you can email me jordan at lantern dot com uh And if you're interested in uh, hiring a remote professional or just uh, BSing a little bit with me over the phone, whether one of these guys might work for you, uh, then obviously you can reach out maven success, M-A-V-E-N-S-U-C-C-E-S-S, mavensuccess.com. I believe um, there's also, let's see, yeah, Ali, our head of sales, um, he mans that phone number on the top. Uh, of maven success as well so uh, we have text set up right sean i think you can even text, yeah, they that, can number. text that number so, uh, yeah call you know, text yep or direct uh, he also mans the little chat feature so like if you want to interview a real remote professional um just text ali and get him on a call like write that in there um we tell him like if if a customer wants to talk to you you Get on the phone with them or you do a video chat with them right now if it is at all possible. Yep. Um, so if you just want to interview him, chat with him, talk about his experience, that's what I tell him to talk about the most is like um, talk about yourself. Talk about your experience as a remote professional um, or one of our other sales guys you might end up getting. But that's Fantastic. it, my friends.
2: Yeah. All right, Jordan. It was great to have you on the show again and uh, hopefully we'll do do another. Enjoy your weekend and uh yeah have fun uh stencil painting
0: god bless i think we (laughs) finished them all i only messed up one number (laughs) all
2: right man i'll talk to you
0: soon all right all right to you bud
1: well there you have it ladies and gentlemen another episode of the gentle art of crushing it it was an amazing episode we know we sure learned a lot and we hope you did as well We want to take a second and thank you so much for viewing or listening to this episode. And please just know that we only ask for one favor, and that is to make this life magnificent. Thank you and have a wonderful day.